0: Welcome to another, another episode of uh, Life University. Very excited today to welcome Anthony Bell to the show. Anthony is the founder and CEO of Bell Partners, one of Australia's most recognised and respected accounting and financial services firms. He's also a regular guest on Channel 7, Bloomberg TV. Uh, he writes for many of Australia's leading finance and business publications, and he's an expert commentator and speaker. My co-host today is Anthony Ferraro. He is an investment and commercial property specialist. Anthony Ferraro, welcome. Anthony Bell, very special welcome to you.
1: Hi uh, James, uh, nah, good to be here.
0: Yeah, Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, I know right now with everything that's going on, you must be uh, massively busy and responding to, to clients' questions and, uh, and concerns. Uh, so I really appreciate you taking the time to uh, to come and speak with us. We're in the middle of an unprecedented time right now, really, with this COVID-19 crisis. Most of Australia is effectively in lockdown. Uh, well, they're not calling it that, but that's effectively what, what we are right now, I guess. Um, Business has ground to a halt. Uh, The stock market's been a bit of a roller coaster. What are your thoughts around where we are right now and what the rest of the year looks like?
1: Yeah, so um, I guess, you know, so then it's a great point, John. Our our greatest, you know, frontline statement right now is is that nobody could really be ready for this. There was no no business insurance. There was no, back in December, to say everyone get some special planning done because the. Mm. Pains into the economy caused by this health issue are uh, catastrophic. Um, they they took what was a really bubbling, I mean, set out for Australia. The Australian small business was actually going quite well. You know, in that last quarter of 2019, leaving going to Christmas and the break, it was, it was actually, I mean, looking really nice. Interest rates were at 100-year lows. Um, people's businesses were making money. They were investing in growth. Um, <clears throat> there was a high degree of entrepreneurship. Taking place in, you know, it was a bit of a false start to twenty twenty. You know, bushfires sort of uh, uh, put, you know, sort of a, a real uh, issue into the economy. Then big donations were flying out. It was a, so a bit of a false start, uh, and then you know the news of Corona started to develop. Probably, you know, late Jan- if you look at late January, and I think most people, including even you know, sort of government leaders, were were sort of still wondering: is this, you know, is this just going to pass by, or is this going to be a major? Um, and now we find ourselves where you know, sort of, the the amount of stimulus that the government is doing, and our government, by the way, is doing a great job, in my opinion. they they um they we're probably moving faster, and we're more horsepower than any other government. doing mean, sort of in the first world economical uh, group, and um to you know because they're moving like that, they're obviously pretty clear that this is this is I mean, a real test. It's a challenge to leadership. It's a challenge to business. Um. And as I said, you you made a great word, John, unprecedented. Um, I don't think, you know, the world has really ever seen Mm -hmm. something like this or generationally. Yeah, but there are also some, you know, sort of, again, in in these sorts of pendulum times, I'm like totally into, you know, the entrepreneurship that, you know, a lot of businesses, a lot of our clients are actually showing there. They went through global financial crisis and that, that in my opinion, was, you know, sort of the most... um, probably the, the best litmus test, the, the best piece of data that, you know, I mean, sort of is dealing with this economic crisis that we're in now, but I don't think it was anywhere near as extreme. And, of course, the, you know, sort of what's doing doing to our economy, you know, I mean, certainly demonstrates that. But, um, yeah, so, the, you know, on the other side, we're seeing, you know, real entrepreneurial thinking guys saying, okay, cool, how do I take advantage of this, you know, While we're in defence mode right now, most of the Country's in defensive mode, there's certainly Those who are looking to when we're going to come out of this Um, Yeah, everyone's got a bit of a guess I'm I'm sort of, you know, talking To everyone I can, Uh, there's a bit Of a feel for me that we will turn the corner in the Month of April, there'll be, you know, hopefully A spike of where um, The high point of infection Will take place, I think, you know, our our regulatory forces, our government, our local governments, our police forces are all working really hard to get to that. And I think there should be an injection of, you know, somewhere, hopefully uh, in the month of April, a bit of consumer confidence that we've actually topped it out and actually on our way back down. And uh, that'll mean that, you know, the hard work has been for something. And, you know, Australians by their nature, you know, human beings by their nature need that shot in the arm sometimes to, to see, you know, the light at the end of the tunnel. Um if I was a government, if I was Prime Minister, I'd be really, really uh, gun shy as to how quickly I reopened facilities, you know, pubs and clubs. I've, I've said in this one, we'll be through the worst of this when Australians can just go and have a glass of wine or a beer on their way home from work and, and go, we're relatively unsafe things and, and, and the rebuild will be starting. Mm.
0: So, so optimistic in terms of uh, when we'll peak out in terms of the, the current virus issues? <clears throat> But I think that the effects of this from an economy point of view will be felt for quite some time to come. And, I, and the worst is probably not even here yet, I would think, um, from the effect on business and the effect on investors. So what do you think, what sort of recovery period are we, are we looking at? What, what do you think that's going to look like over the next, well, perhaps for the remainder of 2020?
1: Look, I think business will, business will be different forever at the back of this, John. Um, the, the business economy is going to be a different place. Um, even the way that we're communicating now is going to be um, showing up you know large commercial premises where we usually come to meet and come to work so i can imagine them from a commercial property point anybody who's renewing leases for you know seven or eight floors or big spaces will be really thinking you know if i've got an mobilised workforce that came out at the back of covid19 and we all worked well and i got by do i really need you know sort of seven or eight floors of a city office block um and the answer will be no we don't we might need a group of meeting rooms so th- those sorts of changes are coming to the economy i think um I think the wealth that's going out um, of the economy, that's personal wealth as well. Um, You know, those who have invested and were passive, the stock market obviously big falls, and it's mm-hmm. we're down down again now. Um, but we're, we're somewhere around 30% off, to, I mean, of where we were in the middle of February, you know, right now. And there's been a couple, you know, bucking, you know, sort of moves up and down, a couple of dead cat bounces in the old language. Mm-hmm. Um, so far too early to predict, you know, when a return will be there. I think, I think the better move, and, and one that you know, some of the more serious investors are doing is they're just waiting to see where the turn point is. Um, the, the bigger players will come in and the market will start to turn and they're going to jump in on that bandwagon rather than try and pick the bottoms of markets. But, you know, there will be opportunity for those who've got cash and, and the word cash is, you know, sort of a, a fundamental that's going to come right back into, into you know, uh, paper moving around, credit moving around, um, the ability to have cash and, and use that cash, I you mean, know, for investment return, I think is going to be, you know, I mean, so those, those who've got that, you know I mean, sort of all create a really long-term effect for themselves and their families.
0: Yeah. So, so psychologically, I think people are realising that if you don't have a backup, if you don't have cash behind you, if you don't have resources behind you, something like this comes along, knocks the winds out of your sails and you really have nowhere to turn. So do you think the mindset will change in terms of people becoming a little more cautious of maintaining a buffer and making sure they're sort of more conservatively structured?
1: I do think that definitely because those, you know, there's there's a lot of guys who, you know, particularly you look at the impetus of the um, stimulus plans, it's designed low-income earners because so many Australians are out of work right now. You know, our, our unemployment rate on projections should go into double digits and it'd be a mm. great thing if it doesn't. Um, but in saying that, you know, Great work by the government to almost say, look, rather than keep on putting people on the on the Centrelink benefits, uh, job seeker, they're now saying, you know what, we'll pay um, employers to keep people in work. You know, really smart. Does two things. It it actually keeps an, an audible working force, um, you know, and and teams together. So when we do come out of this, the teams are assembled and they're ready to actually maximise every. Uh, possibility. The only thing it does is it keeps our unemployment rate actually not soaring, um, and that that's going to become important down the track when we start borrowing money and trying to fund, obviously, the the, the deficits <clears throat> um, that we're going into, the, the the large budget deficits that we're going into. Mm-hmm. Um, that's going to become important for our interest costs in funding our way out of it. But yeah, to answer your question, mate, I've, look everything that's coming through is saying to have a six month plan. Um, um, we're certainly following that, particularly with our small-medium enterprise group. We're, we're, we're sticking to a, a six-month advisory set, but we're hoping, you know what I mean, of so that by July or August, the green shoots of the new economy are starting to come out and uh, and, you know, and the work will be back. You're exactly right, John, there'll be conservatives and people will keep strong amounts of working capital before they've be out of businesses now because it's going to get skinny for a lot. Um, one, of the, one of the great tools we're using is we're... And people are, contemplating cuts. And if things do get worse, and they get tighter than what they are now, um, you know, sort of even tighter than what the stimulus package is saying. And then business-to-business transactions and business-to-consumers um, take a knock-on effect. Um, and that well, we should come back to the knock-on effect of, you know, sort of, you know, sort of even the airline industry stopping, and and how many goes right down to small suppliers who are technically out of business because the airlines are out of business. Mm-hmm. Um, so it follows on its way down. But if I come back to it to, to the centre point I was making the most important part is, that, you know, I'm saying to businesses, don't come to work budgeting for a lot. So it's good old-fashioned rules, do not do it because your staff, even if you're standing them down or having to put them on lower labour rates or, or percentages of, of total salary for the short term, they're actually depending on owners to keep those businesses alive. Um, so there's a place to come back to, neither place ends up in liquidation uh, or voluntary administration. And so you're actually doing that. If you're a leader and an employer and you make the hard decisions early, actually doing the right thing by ensuring the business's survival so you get a chance to thrive remember all those staff members that are working for you even though they might have to take it obviously you know i mean sort of a bit of a hit they're still in work and they've got a perfect chance to come back that's a better place to be than if your employees don't survive
0: yeah absolutely and so we've talked a lot about or we're hearing a lot about um obviously business and small business in particular we're hearing a lot about unemployment (coughs) the area that we haven't talked much about yet is property and what the property market will do as a result of this I mean clearly if people are employed there's issues with with tenants and paying rent there's issue with people servicing their mortgages what do you think the outlook is for property and property investors over the next kind of 12 months
1: yeah I'm hanging my hat on that John I'm I'm, you know sort of in In really tough economies like the really hard, you know, if you go back to GFC, nine eleven, you know, even the stock market crash of eighty seven, there's a tendency of movement of money and investment to the safe assets, you know, the safety. Mm -hmm. The safety assets, and I'm um, I aiming mean, my hat a bit that property is going to be seeing, you know, not just domestically but globally in Australia as one of those places. I, I, you know, 200 billion dollars has come out of the Australian stock exchange. It's certainly not going to term deposit because term deposit rates are like half a percent. You know what I mean, after tax, it's hardly, you know, it's hardly worth the paperwork. Um, so some of it will find its way back into markets, and you know, we've got some great, you know, stocks here that are paying eight or nine percent ex dividend. You know, BHP, for argument's sake, Commonwealth Bank. They're all undervalued right now, but, you know, there'll be a nervousness to go into that. And there's also going to be that thing where, you know, you don't want to punt on a market and wake up and read the Finder review every morning and find out, you know, sort of sure. what you're, whether you're up or down. So I'm liking property. I'm liking that if we get that curve I mentioned before in the, probably the midpoint or the late point of, of April 2020, it's not far away. Um, and if we get that, that will bring consumer confidence to going, okay, all right, we're through the worst of it. I still want to buy residential property, it's, it's, a, it's been the darling of Australian wealth creation for well over 60 or 70 years and so far as Australian property has generally doubled itself every 10 years over the last 60 mm-hmm. to 70 years um, through ups and downs. Um, and it's a place, it's a safe haven, it's a place right now that we're told that you know people aren't going to be lining up for international travel anytime soon. So. The recreational benefits of having a great property, living a place to call home, a place that you know at the lowest interest rates in a hundred years, um, um, is going to be an enticement for where that world finds itself. Um, so I'm I'm actually hanging my hat on the fact that a lot of the recovery, the confidence of of this is going to come down to Australian property. I then also go, imagine if you are somewhere else in the rest of the world living in another currency, America, obviously our dollar is so devalued right now, you know, against uh, greenback as you know, the euro and also to great Britain pound sterling. Um, we are a great target for lifestyle and property and holding value from around the world. Um, and so I like to think that our property, you know what I mean, is going to be the thing that, you know, so I'd like, I'd like to look, you know, so 12 months in a rear vision mirror, John, and say, I wouldn't be surprised at all if the resurgence of our economy, the faith in our economy, the confidence that came back to re-stimulate and, and re-energize business came actually off the back that our property market actually held up. And still guys doing deals for record prices even this week yeah. Uh, yeah. in all of our city centers, Melbourne, Sydney, Brisbane, you know, people are still out there buying. Agents are being innovative. They're made, made really hard on them to the extent where they, you know, they're not actually even meant to, you know, be taking more than two people through a through a site. But it's kind of back for the agents, for the people presenting and preparing property, back to that hand to hand combat um, where they're, you know, sort of taking a recognised purchaser, a genuine purchaser. They're bringing them in, and um, once they've actually come in uh, to the property, if they're there to transact. Then you know, there's an ability where vendor and purchaser actually meet, and deals can actually get done. And um, mm-hmm. so. I'm hoping that this curve that I'm, I'm uh, you know, sort of, as I said, I'm, I'm, I'm optimistically um, crossing my fingers and my toes for that happens in April, that'll actually make people who are going to hold off on acquisition or hold off on sales go, okay, cool, we're, we're in a great spot right now. We're almost ready to actually start doing some stuff in property.
0: Yeah. Uh, it's certainly taught us to uh, think a bit differently and be a bit more innovative in terms of how we go about doing our business. Do you think there'll be any lasting changes for the way you do business out of this?
1: Yeah, look. so As an advisor, um, I mean, on that one, it, 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 one of the things that's happening to accountants right now. I guess, um, you know, well before we were, you know, corporate or solutions advisors, we we're chartered accountants. Um, mm-hmm. I guess the thing of recording history, you know what I mean? Such an important part that the accounting profession does. But right now the test is if, you know, if you hang that shingle on your door and it says you're a business advisor, this is a time where you actually find out whether you are or not. This is the time your clients find out whether you are or not. Um, because um, let me tell you, I'm, obviously we're answering questions our technical group on stimulus packaging but no one's ringing up and saying hey help me make my balance sheet balance so um i guess i'm just interested in see if my profit loss can add up or or in a cash flow statement uh, Mm -hmm. after critical business survival advice and personal survival advice so um yeah i think i think what we'll do is it um it will as far as that goes it'll, it'll redefine what advisors do you know will it clean out the sick and the old um um, will will a new more mobile and agile group, not fragile but agile group, actually be the ones who who, who gain market share. So, um, we're certainly hoping to it from our firm. Um, yeah, we've got a great blue chip group of clients and but we want to, you know, it, it, it'd be remiss our first goal is to actually get a hundred percent of our clients through this. We we started with that notion probably three weeks ago before we departed the office and said right over a hundred out of a hundred on percentage wise are actually getting through this. And the second size is how do we grow their business in this one so technically they can help grow ours and, and they'll tell their friends about it. So, yeah, I think, I think for guys in the accounting profession, it's stressful, like it's really full on. and You've just got to be up for the challenge. You've got to get up early, listen to everything, communicate with each other. Um, so much legislation change, and you've also got to be strong on interpretation to actually get it right. And the other thing too is you've got to provide your clients with some confidence, you know, yep. really important. You know, the doomsday advisor, you know what I mean? There's no place in this role right now for that. So we've got to find, you know, smart and sensible ways through it. So
0: it's adding to the pile from the uh, couple of years of reforms we've already had in the financial services industry, and the, the, uh, the Royal Commission and Phaser and all the other bits and pieces that have come through. This is just another another... One on the on the pile effectively isn't.
1: Yeah, it? and I, I should have a shout out here. John to our banks. Our banks, all of the. We're, we're dealing with all the majors. Obviously, with some of our you know large business service clients, so they're really doing this well. You know, they're getting back quickly. The red tapes come off. I think the government's got into some of those things that came up during Royal Commission where. You know, security and serviceability were, you know, sort of made hard. And, you know, there's a real drumbeat onto the banks go, hey, get happening, get happening fast. Give guys a holiday for six months. You need the customer, the client to survive this just as much as anyone else. Um, approve lines of credit for $250,000 under the government backed 125 security provision. And, and get that out there and finding speed coming to it, which is great to be able to say to a client, look, we hope you don't need this, um, but it's great to have buff arts. I mean, should get you through what we think is somewhere between three and six months of what it is now. Yeah, absolutely. And, and Anthony,
2: our- I was just going to interrupt. Sorry, John. And uh, You've praised the government. You've praised the banks, what they've been doing. Some people, a lot of people that we're talking out there, majority are PAYGs, uh, working for someone and have a bit of bank phobia. What sort of the yeah. advice you're giving your current clients uh, to be able to communicate with the banks to restructure or put things off and uh, be able to get back into the game at the yeah. when the green shoots appear? Yeah, well, the first one end is to
1: get in early, you know, sort of, and don't wait to the last moment. You know, again, um, we. we been you know on this for probably last month obviously as we could see this becoming the issue we have and so those you know i mean sort of who we thought could come under power you know under pressure um by income reductions they might hold their job but their employees are actually going to be subject to the revenue speaking to them that they're getting themselves um so we started a process you know three or four weeks ago to get to the front of the queue it doesn't mean it's too late now too um but Um, What I am saying too is that to those that are just going to need the funding help and also to gain the opportunity. So for argument's sake, get the applications in now to perhaps want to buy a property sometime in May. There could be some great buying in May and June. Um, Get your application done now. Don't wait till, you know, sort of the... The night before subscription takes place, or the or night before you're actually seeing a place or, or coming down to it, I, I say get involved in the process. Now you're going to have 90 days of approval. I'm floating around. and you just need to renew that. Do you know what I mean? So sort of if you haven't found or selected, so on that one too, I'm saying you know, get in early. I think to communicate effectively um, with the banks. There's um, you know so again, credit departments are still looking at every single application and. Um, what's happening to a lot of guys who are just going direct and not getting you know, sort of advice to do it or just thinking, oh, this is just gonna be a quick process. So they're actually getting caught out by the banks where they don't declare a liability or they or they um, left off, you know, what I mean, a form of income or expenditure that should have been in the application because that's the stuff that actually makes the banks freak out. It actually makes them go, Oh, okay, cool. They're putting an application up thinking that, you know, they just need to get this approved. So they're trying to they're trying to match the bottom line that they think we need to show with with just, you know, drawing peculiar stuff. So um, what I'm sort of saying along the lines of guys is, hey, you know, when you get the application, get it clean, get it right, but also to have a, a plan that shows how you're going to fund this. Um, the banks need to keep lending. I mean, that's one of the most important parts here because, uh, you know, the biggest part of the bank's income sources is the margin between uh, the, the cost of funds that they're buying at. Um, at, at BBSB, BBSY and what they're actually on lending to the public at. So that one and a half to two percent margin is the, that's, that's that's the honey for the bank. So, you know, the banks will be wanting to get as much money out there to the economy, to good lends, to, to people who are good loans. Um, so I guess on that last part then is, is making sure that <coughs> the reasoning for wanting to lend and borrow is really, really blue chip assets. Um, you know, and that's why I'm saying, that's why I like property because the banks are going to like property too. There's a good reason you can still get an 80 to eighty-five percent LVR on exclusive property in Australia, because the banks tend to think that it's um, that it's going to hold up to at least that value. Yeah.
2: What are the What are the basic fundamentals you're communicating with your clients at the moment? You know, you've got a high net wealth of clients, uh, blue chip clients, A-listers, mm-hmm. celebrities, but. At the end of the day, this affects the we have. we also got a few, bat few battlers as well, mate. Yeah, we've also got a few battlers to it. Yeah. Um, um, so so uh, sort of and the communication to the you know, the average Australian that's really doing a tough lost their job, you know, you're a country lad yourself, you know, you're a down to earth <laughs> type bloke. What's sort of yeah. your communication with those type of people? So,
1: the, the, the thing that we're trying to get through to the guys is that, you know, it's not over till it's over is a, a big statement. And there has been a lot of, you know, to, to use a, a, a lack of a better term is talking people down off 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 the cliff, you know what I mean, a lot because there, there is that, you know, people know when they're actually under massive financial pressure, they know, you know, they're looking at this economy. They're in hospitality, they could see this happening. Um, what what we're doing is actually reminding them, I mean, of of structural and also to strategic stories that show that if they just survive um, this next three to six month period that becomes most important. So we're telling them early, I mean, to give up some of the things that they might actually currently have that are costing them, uh, that you can't even enjoy right now, Yeah, expensive cars on lease for argument's sake or whatever. Well, they're parked in garages now, so there's, there's no fun, you <laughs> know, there, so there's no yeah. assets as well. Um, uh, we're told yesterday around Australia that if you've got a boat, um, don't bother going out on it, you know what I mean, for a long time. So, um, now, this isn't the time of course to sell down, but it is a time to actually look really careful, that old needs wants that we learn learned in microeconomics and actually going, great, how do I just get through, coming I mean, in short period, make massive changes and cuts to lifestyle um, to actually just come out the other side. So that's what we're really telling the guys that are battling, to the guys that are actually, you know, sort of well-structured, um, they haven't borne a, a massive risk. I uh, was on the phone just before this teleconference to a you know, young guy who's 33 or 34 years old, He saved up well. He's got a portfolio of properties. And the main purpose of the conversation was he said, look, you know, he's, he's educating himself. He said, there's going to be a point here where, you know, ASX top 10 stocks, you know what I mean, sort of saw and, part of the 30 minute consulting session was actually working out how much I think he can lend to actually invest in the market off the back of his LVRs. And he's got a lot of room there. Uh, and we've, you know, advising what the capital adequacy and the safe amount was. So, um, to, those, to that level I'm saying, get ready for the opportunity here because uh, what you might've lost, you know what I mean? Sort of on the merry-go-round, you'll get back on the swing. Um, if you, if you're all structured to that. Um, and then you've got the uber wealthy, you know, you've got the guys that are just loving this market. They're, they're sitting on tons of cash. Um, um, they're um, you know they they're ready, you know, sort of their, their lifestyles are maintained, they've got no debt um, or or really much to speak of. And they're gonna be the guys that I mean if timing's right and advice is good is, is actually to you know double to triple their wealth to, I mean, in a really short period of time. It always happens in these markets. There's winners and losers in it. Um, the thing that I guess I'd say if you go back to um, if you go back to um, GFC there were many more winners, you know what I mean, sort of in that crisis than what I'm currently seeing now. i in the small business area and traders, you know, that are punching away. But you know, again, the um, um, what what I think most you know guys in that position need to do is now start thinking, you know I mean, very entrepreneurially, and um and um you know hold themselves um in um you know sort of in really really good and smart positions to uh, make sure they maximise the benefits coming out of
2: this. So you see the green shoots on the other side, you see the economy going from, you know, uh, a trough to peaking at some point. And what, what sectors do you say will probably bounce back where Australians are turning on the TV, looking at the cases, doom and gloom everywhere we look? Where are the positives? Where is the silver lining of the cloud, I guess?
1: Well, I said if you're in essential food delivery, that's a great place to be. You're not going to miss a beat. In fact, um, you're going to be booking profits for everywhere. I've got a, I've got a um, a great seafood company that we uh, represent that sells to the supermarkets, and uh, uh, those um, those founders are you know sort of you know this is their time. They've worked hard. They've got a great business, and um, they're they're fundamentally uh, you know sort of in the in the business of actually supplying critical trade. So they they're doing well. Um, um, so you know with that you know, sort of in mind, there's also two, you know I mean, the, the the ones that I think are going to, you know, sort of be redefined will be hospitality. I think coming out of this, <coughs> um, you know, uh, as I said, a, a lot of the Prime Minister said really smartly, he said, everyone start thinking about hibernation, you know, sort of almost stop your places. But there's a lot of things you just can't stop in some. Some have put, you know, ridiculously expensive fit-outs in and those fit-outs aren't going anywhere. The debt and the liability um, is is going to be there when they come back and, um, that's going to put a lot of pressure do you know, I mean, on those businesses. Um, retail, I think, is going to change forever after this. I said, the, you know, it was still changing to a digital online world and I think now we're going to see more of it. I don't think that, um, you know, the penchant for online shopping is going to, Definitely go too far away from what it is, but it'll actually be just households being just more sensible, do you know what I mean, on what they're spending on that. Mm-hmm. Um, that as I said, they'll go back to those microeconomic factors, do you know what I mean, of, of essential versus non essential, and they make choices around that. So the industries that, you know, sort of, in anyone in services, IT is going to again have another set, you know, you um, would love to be the person who created Zoom right now. I think there's more <laughs> Zoom train chats going on there. Unbelievable. <laughs> Yeah um I've so, heard of
2: it before the covid-19.
1: <laughs> yeah, it works so well if you go back in time, you know, Zoom's jumped over the top of what was Skype. Um do you know I mean sort of an an even yeah. you know I mean sort of um, you know, FaceTime you know and I mean still works good from from point to point on that, but um uh, but this software that we're on now seems to be almost like I said designed for this um.
2: So yeah, that that'll
1: be the, that'll be the set. I think it'll, you know, the opportunities will start to present themselves but uh, I am hinging, uh, hitching my wagon, if you like, onto a real hope method that property holds up, and then we get more of a V curve. Meaning, you know, we're falling down in markets, and we get going straight back up again. Um, the other alternatives will be a W. A couple of dead cat bounces. We go alright, we fall back down, and go up again. Um, and something, you know, it's interesting. Changes every day. The other economists saying, "Oh, this could be a U curve," and that's not great for us because that means it stays on the bottom. Do you know what I mean? Sort of for quite a bit of time before we start to head up. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, well, some really valuable uh, thoughts and uh, and advice. Thanks so much for sharing those. As we um, as we sort of head towards wrapping this up, I want to leave leave COVID nineteen alone for a while and, and the economy alone for a while. You mentioned boats before. Now I know you've had a bit of a play with boats. Yeah, <laughs> uh, no, sorry. probably probably more than a bit of play, a bit of a play, but. Um, uh, what are you doing in that space? With, uh, are, you, are you still involved heavily? What do you, what's, Tell us a little bit about uh, what's happening there. You're obviously involved with Sydney to Hobart and the other... The other well, you yeah.
2: should tell our listeners, John, you should tell our listeners, we have an absolute Australian Sydney to Hobart icon. Legend,
0: legend. It's you
1: the legend. Share that the it's absolutely, sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks, Anne. Um, yeah, I mean, that the one thing I've, um, like I said, in, in that sort of part of the world, um, you know, one thing you learn about, uh, particularly the Sydney Hobart racing is the wind is free, but nothing else is in sailing. And so <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, parts there where we send a bit of the kids' inheritance. So, look, yeah, we, um, after the, um, after the, uh, the, um, uh, Rolex record arm um, of 2016. Mm. We we did what every brave person sailing does: just sell the boat straight away afterwards. That's probably when the boat's actually at the most highest value. Mm. Um, and then we we fundamentally thought, okay, cool, third campaign, but yeah, but there was a bits of me who were going, okay, just retire with the second win and, and call the day. That's, um, you know, more than, you know, and we're lucky to have got to that point And it's more than most guys get in a, in, mm-hmm. in a lifetime. Um, but yeah, it's dragging like the, the concept and, and category of getting back in you know, and mixing it up again. The racing's great. And, uh, uh, boats changing you'll, you'll see with the hydrofoiling uh, Sort of racing boats in America's Cup And also too um, in the sail GP set I think, I think maxis will eventually fly uh, The 70 footers are flying So we're just watching out for that And thinking cool we'll, have, we'll probably come and have a crack When we're actually You know coming out of the water And flying to Hobart And God knows the crew will love it The race will be over in less than 24 hours And they'll certainly love The boat fast. Um, but yeah like everything else the, um, um, You know that, that, that again Massive you know Massive part of it a lot of leadership is, you know, sort of that we've learned you know, I mean, even even running the staff in these difficult times, you know, it's funny, you have to borrow from all those experiences. You have to borrow from getting beat up in the middle of Bass Strait and, you know, sort of in dusting yourself off and, and coming up again. And, this is tough time management. It definitely is. Uh, a lot of those essential leadership tools, you know what I mean, sort of coming through in how our firm is managing this you know, One, regular and constant communication. You cannot over-communicate with either clients or your fellow people in the world. So if you're going to err on the side of too much or too little, err on the side of too much. Um, um, the... Ability to see into the future, and this is a real test right now for leaders, is actually to try and pick the playbook um, in, into, the, into you know, sort of a month, two months, three months, because moves have to be made in order to in, to, to maximize benefit, but also to to ensure survival. Um, so, you know, again, the forecasting model, you know, what I mean, that you'd otherwise do on that one is, is coming to the forefront. I guess, like I said, most important is a camaraderie, you know, the teamsmanship, looking after the people around you and making sure that, you know, sort of take care of him so he can take care of her and then eventually, I mean, they'll swing around and get that because we shouldn't we shouldn't be lost on this. That this is a really difficult time. Um, um, there's fear among a lot of businesses. I'm sure a lot of the people that are listening in on this were still not you know not completely reduced from fear. There's excitement for opportunity, and I suppose there's got to be just you know sort of waiting and curve around, being tested, and making sure you're up for that test. And when you're way into the test, that you actually do pass the test. So yeah, there's there's, there's technically a lot of similarities going on between each.
2: Anthony, I was just going to ask. You've obviously you're you're a country lad. You've been raised tough. The old man was pretty hard on you, and you've worked your way through, and you're dealing with different type of egos and personalities, but there's average Australians out there that have lost their job and that job to mm-hmm. them was their identity. What sort of a yeah. message of the skills and characteristics you've built over time in that time where I'm self-isolated I can't go for a beer after work with a work colleague and have a have a bit of a vent. Yeah. What sort of your communication with those types of people?
1: Yeah, I think I think you've got to sort of really. I mean, that's uh, particularly when those those who've got, got the beating here. Um, it's hard, and it's also to to particularly um, guys who are older um, and you know sort of. You know, sort of on the other side of the other half century, gentlemen, you know I and going, Oh God, have I got the energy to come back again? And have I got a set on? I guess for me, mate, the the most important part of talking about the country, which I was actually, I, I grew up in Maroubra uh, in Sydney, with my mother from a young, um, from a really young age. I went to Wagga Wagga at university. So that, that's a lot where the country image came in. And it's funny, actually, when I was at, as you mentioned rightly, Amp, when I was in Wagga for, um, for the first three years of my uni course, um, we were in there in our actual time. It was a great, um, it, we, we were actually in recession at that time. Interest rates were like 21%. And I remember, like I said, if I just use this as an adjunct, um, the other guys who were studying commerce alongside me, um, they're, mother and father were losing them as farm hands off the off the farm. And they had this incredible motivation to not play up or muck around during, you know, orientation work like the rest of us had. Um, they had to pass their exams. They had to actually deliver because their fathers were saying to them things along the lines of "The made interest rates of 21%. By letting you go to university um, and study, I, I'm losing a set of hands on the farm. It's you, your brother, your sister, my mother and I. And we've got... You know, 4,000 acres to look after in the local areas. And that, that was actually a big learning curve for me because those guys actually dragged along a lot of the city kids um, into a motivational level where they just had to aim up. They just had to pass their exams because their fathers had said it was long. hey man, if you start failing or mucking around, um, you know, we're going to kill this university mm. up. Yeah, you'll be back oh, there. Yeah. Um, and so that was a. If I go back that time, that was, you know, sort of that early stage. And that was the first stage I got to, you know, feel the economy, you know, come out doing the HSC and as I said, uh, I, I did my HSC in 1989, um, and like I said, interest rates were about as bad as they were then. I like 21%. That was pretty fine. People would say that to you, and you're just going "On." Oh, whatever Do you know what i mean as long as i've got enough money for a school local pub <laughs> that'll be fine um but that was the first time that i actually saw you know people were doing it tough and people particularly on the land weren't going really great right then you know banks were foreclosing on farms and it was bloody hard so i think there's a lot of that grit and determination that's needed in this one i think there's a little bit you know so sort of when i say back to people you know and, and unfortunately you know while we've got lots of high net worth individuals are off, we've got battles as well you know we we, we're non-descriptionary when we take clients on, we just want to take people on who want to go somewhere and, um, you know, and those guys are scared you know, and they're frightened and I think what I'm saying to them is you know, replace that, you know, if you want to get the fear factors down, you have to replace that with something. The thing we're trying to say to replace that with really is, is really, really laser beam focus and planning to actually replace just sitting there and waiting to see what happens. So, to answer your question I'm the long way around, I'm, I'm really saying is that, you know, don't wait to see what happens. You've got to go in and actually happen to things in this economy, you know, make things happen for yourself. You know, I was thinking of a young, you know, we know, we, we look after a lot of athletes and there's these two terrific young guys, the Maloney Brothers. One of them just won his first world title and, you know, we've been looking after their financial affairs since, you know, for the last three or Four years And boxers in Australia Just have to be Hand to mouth All the way through They finally hit The big time Won a world title Uh, Danny Green and I Promoted the fight Down in Melbourne In November His return match Was his big money day You know Half a million dollar Fight in Vegas And that's been cancelled And that same guy You know And he's been Training every day He doesn't stop Training for his dream um, to be a professional, you know, boxer and continue to hold his world titles. Look, he rang me the other day and he said, Look, "Mate, I'm, just while this is on, I'm, I'm going to apply for a job at Coles to pack shells. They're the only people employing right now." And you know, when I hear stories like that, I think, "Okay, yeah. they, that's why that guy's a winner. That's why he holds a world title, and that's why, you know, I mean, he'll be great." You know, I mean, in 2021, when they when they opened the doors again, um, that's yeah. the sort of the, that that's the sort of grit, you know, sort of that, that superstars are made of
2: but well, it's great that we get together keep together keep connected keep the communication open yeah, and also don't be scared to speak up and you know the courage for him to come on and tell you that you know that would have been weighing on his shoulders no doubt the emotional yep. aspect just quick one uh, just finish up and over to you after this John have we lived beyond our means for far too long and financially and have we had it as Australians too good for too long and this is a recalibration we sort of probably needed in many ways, not to live beyond our needs.
1: Mm. Look, mate, and it's a, it's a great question. I've been asked it heaps of times over, particularly in the last two weeks. Now, the thing is, we've got to look at this coronavirus for what it is. It it's, was a one chance in a million of actually happening. You know, no one could see it happening um, GFC, a lot of people saw it happening If you see all the movies that have been made around it yep. you know, The parties that were shorting markets you know, Half a year before it happened, they could see it happening And it was good visuals and good optics on it um, No, I don't I, I, The problem for me in actually thinking That we've been living beyond our means is we are the lucky Country, it's a great place to live um, And it tends to, if you spend five bucks With someone, that they'll spend five bucks with someone Else, and they'll spend five bucks with someone Else, and that'll keep our economy actually Running, and um, so to me, is is just more a bad luck year than bad planning. But what it is doing is, I'll it, it, tell you what it'll do, it'll educate people so if something like this comes up again, they'll be ready for it. They'll probably you know, sort of have better reserves and they'll be more, as I think John was saying, um, more conservative in the way that they run their businesses because they'll have very fond battle scars uh, from this. The muscle memory from COVID-19 is going to change the way we are in Australia for the next 20 years. It's going to take that long to get out of it.
2: You know, you're a superstar, hand, and I've enjoyed having you on, mate, and I really, really appreciate it. Over to you, Johnny
1: Boyd. Yeah,
0: likewise. Anthony, thank you so much. I appreciate uh, you taking the time out. I know it's a very busy time for you and for your team. Um, massively valuable advice and, uh, and, and thoughts there, for, and thanks so much for sharing them with us. Uh, We'd love to stay in touch. Um, look after yourself. Look after your family and your team, and uh, we'll see you on the other side of, uh, of this crisis that we're all in the middle of right now.
1: I look forward to jumping on again, guys. Thank you very much.